so, Naveen, we yeah. can only see like your chin. What's going on here? No, because I have to talk into the mic. So oh, <laughs> the mic okay, is above, okay. I think. But if you guys want to see Why don't your just face, move your camera can... back. Uh, no, because my mic is clipped onto my uh, laptop. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, uh, why can't you clip out... your mic onto something else? Bro, it's too much. <laughs> You're asking too many questions. <laughs> okay, okay, fine. Yeah, fine. okay. Well, guys, I, I can smoke weed during this, right? All right, hello everyone. You know who this is speaking? This is your boy K Bills. With me are two gentlemen. Here is Lil Navin. Say what, what? What's up? Welcome to the Dope Put Me in a Box podcast. All right. And we have our other guest speaker. Who do we have here with the shiny head? Saeed. Say what, it's what? DS. It's DS. It's not, DS. Not Saeed. Yeah, it's yeah, it's his alias, oh, bro. His name right <laughs> here. Is, you know, we got <laughs> DS in the house. Oh, man. Now we're What's up, Saeed? Problems, yo. Yes, Saeed. Saeed, how's it going in the red state of Georgia? Listen, man, my house is still intact. Nothing got burnt down or vandalized here, you know? Like, we got uh, a lot of people out there protesting, and uh, this is this life, you know? We got not just coronavirus out there in the States right now. We got, we're going to worry about riots, too. Yeah, so, uh, are they still riding in Atlanta, or it's over now? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's been... Uh, um, even today, I got, like, an emergency warning saying, hey, curfew at Damn. 9 o'clock. Um, like, they're, they're implementing a you know, state, uh, citywide curfew right now. All right, so let's go from one unacceptable form of black exploitation to a more acceptable form. The NBA is okay. coming back, Say, What do you do, baby? Oh, let's man. go. Well, how do you feel, Saeed? Have been rough. The last two months have been rough. I've already watched enough reruns of the Raptors finals run. <laughs> now, Bro, I'm ready for some live sports now. I'm tired of this for Michael sure. Jordan shit, man. I want some <laughs> James Hahn, Steph Curry. Yo, fuck Michael Jordan, bro. <laughs> You know, we're the stars of something, our time. Something in this generation, you know? Yeah. Exactly. So, so the NBA season's coming back. Uh, 22 teams have been invited to play. 13 teams from the West, nice. 9 teams from the East. Uh, essentially, they would have – each team would play eight games. And um, each conference, I think, would play teams within their conference. Um, if the ninth seed is within four games of the eighth seed, uh, that – team those two teams play a playoff uh, play-in series uh this will take place in the espn wild world of sports complex i didn't even know this was a thing like where does this is an Orlando, disney so, world but i guess uh yeah. i guess it's espn this is that yeah oh yeah disney true world? disney owns is uh disney owns espn right Okay, uh, so what do you think about the format say like well, I, don't, I don't get it so if they're supposed to play within the conference it's 13 teams odd number of teams on both conferences how are they yep. facing within the conference i don't understand why they still have conferences like nothing no. matters why didn't they just put all the teams into oh like, no sorry i remember they, they actually included the regular season right like the regular yep. season is going to continue so i think what's going to happen is the 13 and the nine teams <clears throat> finish out the regular season yeah. And then there's a the playoffs with eight and eight teams. No, no, no. I understand that part, but yep. I don't understand why they still had to keep conferences. Like, they could have thought of something new since, mm. like, the season was over anyways, right? Yep. For example, the NHL is doing something completely different. They have 12 teams from each conference make the playoffs, the top 12 teams. The top four teams play a round robin to determine the seedings. And then the bottom eight teams in each conference... Uh, play a best of five playoff series so all 24 teams get the ability to play but they're doing it in a different way which like i actually found the nhl one a bit more interesting because 
it's at least they're trying something different. I feel yeah. like the NBA is trying to keep the regular season as intact as possible. Yeah, I never understood the reason for the regular season. I, I think they should have been like, hey, playoffs to start now. Let's go right into the playoffs. I, I, don't, I don't agree with the whole regular season thing. I mean, the Raptors, I mean, I guess it's a good warm-up. I guess it's a good, like, for the Phoenixes and, like, the, you know, the – I mean, do you guys really think Washington should deserves to, like, be in the playoffs with a freaking – or, like, even get a shot at continuing the season? No, they should have been, like, let go. Like, they, they, what's, the, what's their record even? Yeah. Like, this is ridiculous. Let me pull up some yeah. browser. Kabil, this is literally yeah. a, a money grab on the NBA's part because they have to play a certain amount of games. Yeah. And then it unlocks uh, TV contract money, right? Yeah. So that's why they're maximizing the amount of games they can play. Otherwise, no, they would they should just play with the sixteen teams that are already in the playoffs. No one cares about Phoenix. Like, why is Phoenix still yeah, in no. this? Yeah. So let me just add to that. Uh, yeah. Think about it this way. Um, right now, a lot of games weren't played that were supposed to be played. A lot of revenue was lost. I can understand where they're trying to maximize some of their revenue from now. Now, again, they've been more traditional compared to what the NHL, like you said. The reason is, think about how they might want to, you know, cater to their audience. Maybe, maybe they think their audience doesn't want something new. They want something more traditional, East versus West. Remember, that, that's part of how they might see sometimes the whole league like that, you know? Who's in the East, who's in the West, and maybe they want to keep that kind of rivalry. No, that's the thing. Like, uh, everyone uses that as a reason. They want to keep yep. uh, NBA history intact. But I feel, I don't know about you, Said, but I don't really care about that. Like, I don't mind seeing the Raptors play Western Conference teams for, like, yeah. five games. Yeah. yeah. Totally agree. Oh, my God. The Raptors versus, like, Rockets would be, like, a yeah. crazy second round, a third round series. Like, that would now, be amazing. Now we're going to have to watch Raptors play, like, the Charlotte Hornets. Like, <laughs> I don't want to watch this. I no, but isn't it cheaper why they set it up that way? So, like, for plane trips, for, like, games, yes. they keep it. Yeah, isn't that the one of the biggest no, reasons? No, it's more so for travel because, like, yeah. if yeah. the Raptors were to play LA, I mean, yeah, they have to, like, fly all the way to LA. Exactly. Which may, like, it's a logical reason. But from a fan's perspective, we're like, we don't care about this, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, we just want the games. Yeah. No, but, sure. uh... How do you guys think that these players are gonna like come back? Like, you think fat. everyone's in tip top? Yeah, definitely. Some players will be fat, and that's why I think they put the regular season in there probably just because they, yeah. they need these fat players to like get in game shape again. Yeah, yeah, like eight games. And imagine, think about it. If, like, I don't know who's the biggest star, and like, if imagine if Devin Booker came in fat. You know, yeah. and like he came into a playoff series that he just like, he's just, no, he couldn't even move, you know? Yo, like, yeah, he couldn't Devin, even move. Devin like, Booker, 2K champion, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so, Kabil, uh, Devin Booker yeah. won the, the ESPN 2K championship amongst NBA players. So, they had oh, a he's the best video player, video game yeah, player? Yeah, amongst oh, NBA players. Amongst he's got some NBA nice players. thumbs then, bro. He's got yeah. some nice thumbs. No, but I saw this picture the other day. Apparently, James Harden lost like 22 pounds or something crazy like that. He's like oh, slimmed wow. down. And I'm like, uh, they were talking about how, oh, they thought James Harden used to be fat before. And I was like, James Harden was fat? What the hell am I if James Harden's fat? But I get what they mean. He's stocky. He's actually uh, a big dude. I think there's a little, there's too much of an expectation for athletes sometimes, you know? Uh, look at how we're Turns kind of what? judging his body right now. Oh, he's stocky. <laughs> or like, well, I mean, these guys literally made a career out of their body. You know? No, like, exactly. Exactly. Like their but I feel, is their body. Yeah. Yeah, I feel a little bad that we're like nitpicking, you know, like I've never said he's a bad player. Is this like, oh, is he going to come in good? Is he going to come in attractive? Like, <laughs> yeah. I feel kind of like, I know it's part of the sport and it's part of like the, the image of being an athlete. 
but everyone gets nitpicked for leaving the smallest of different details, you know? Yo, Camilla, I can yeah. tell how good Kyle Lowry's season is going to be by the firmness of his butt. Yeah, his butt's <laughs> firm, bro. That guy squats, you know How many man. girls that go crazy over racks, Kyle yo, Lowry's butt? Like, he's just yo, got like Ka- a big ass, you know? Kyle Lowry's <laughs> definitely coming in fat. There's no way this guy's in shape. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, we, just, we just need his leadership and his, like, you know, his... Uh, his uh, tenacity. You, and shit. What do you mean? He was averaging twenty points a game, bro. Yeah, <laughs> he was good. balling. So we're, we're gonna be. That's the good thing about this thing yeah. is we're gonna be fully healthy coming out of this. Yeah. Like Norman Powell, Freddie's back. Mark Gasol's gonna be healthy. Like everybody's just gonna be like super healthy and ready to go. You know. And to be honest, I mean, I don't, well, they're seeing Kevin Durant and Kyrie still not gonna play this year. Right? Nah, those guys aren't gonna play. It doesn't make sense for them to play. For yeah, Durant, know, anyways. I don't know about Kyrie. I don't know about Kyrie. Yeah, I feel like I feel like both of these guys have the necessary time off now to like because mm-hmm. uh, they were there was thing he was gonna come back around this time anyways. Who and then he got two extra months. Yeah. Yeah. They said he had a potential to come back in the playoffs. Now he just got an extra two months of like recovery. Yeah. You know, like no, but uh, like it's, his injury is serious. Like you don't want to play with that. If you could get extra rest, might as well take it. But obviously if he's already hundred percent healthy, that's a that throws a nice wrinkle into the Eastern Conference. Uh Brooklyn's what, the seventh seed? Yeah, I think seventh. Ah, get out of here! Like, I don't yeah, want to play seven. them in the set. Yeah, I don't <laughs> exactly want to right. <laughs> I don't We're want to literally first round Toronto versus Brooklyn. KD's back. Like, oh, oh man, that's revenge yeah. game. That's revenge series too. Because mm-hmm. he injured, he got injured against us, bro. Yeah. Uh, I think he probably wouldn't play just because he's scared. Who do you think will win that There's one? Though? No Kawhi, uh, Brooklyn against Toronto yeah. with with KD. The way, yeah, just as is. It'll be hard, think, but who do you think will win? I don't know. I don't know how Brooklyn plays with KD. I think Toronto would win. Oh yeah, I think, just, I think KD would yeah. be a little bitch, and he would just like not yeah. play to his fullest. Yep, because uh, he's still, he's gonna have just like the year of Toronto, yeah. and just like oh, I'm gonna get injured again. I don't want to play too hard. Um, <laughs> what if certain athletes uh, blame their poor performance on the protesting? How would you? I mean, that? I wouldn't blame. Them yeah, yeah, I want to blame either, but majority. just just to, just to put it out there, bro. Just to put just to put it out there, guys. No, I am surprised that they announced this in the midst of all these protests happening. Because yeah. like, if all these people protesting, do they really care that the NBA is coming back right now? Like, I don't know. No, no to play to be that conspiracy theorist, what if a bigger power told the NBA to start the start NBA, NHL, and all this to be the distractions? What if that since there's no sports, there's no other direction, this distraction, there's so much protesting because people don't know what else to do? Uh, I think that's a really good point. Yeah, uh, that's why I believe that. It seems, yeah, it seems I, I pretty recent. I think, no? that's, I think that's what's happening. I think there's it ang- seems pretty recent anxiety. Now, don't you think? Yeah, because yeah. like, like, look at this. People are people were just literally protesting or not protesting. They're like, stay inside, it. stay inside, quarantine. And now they're all going outside in freaking droves, you know, like literally they're not six feet apart. It's not a sure. well-organized six feet apart like thing. Yeah, they're all yeah. out there. You know, they're like, yeah, that means that they're so desperate and they're so, not desperate, but they're so like passionate Boy. about this thing. Yeah. No, passionate. I thought they're, they're so passionate about this and they're so bored that they're just willing to go out there and do whatever, you know? Exactly. Uh, just just oh. to put it out there, uh, I was bored last Saturday and I joined a protest biking downtown. Oh, there you go. Just because I wanted to check it out. There's I had a the bike free time. protest? No, like I had to go bike downtown to see oh. the protest. Like oh, generally, yeah, yeah, if I, let's just say if I was more engaged with doing things uh, in my own neighborhood, I would yeah. never have went. For example, if I was playing sports or something else like that. Not to put it, not to put it uh, like I need to say it with tact, right? Like I'd, I do want to show my support and all that. It's just that if there was other things going on, I can see even for myself that, that my participation wouldn't have been there. So how do you guys think the NBA should deal with, like, if LeBron James gets corona, do we just cancel the season? 
<laughs> What's the point of watching? Wow. I'm not gonna yeah, watch. Dude, why would you put that out in the universe, man? Like, a, it's with the very likely. Up, the worst thing. Like... How is it very likely? Like, sometimes you say things without really t- thinking about the statistics. Yeah, it's no, like, how how is it very likely? Okay, I, like, I don't so, understand how you said it like, like that. You know, get like this. This is what their plan is, right? So yeah. they have what say 15 players a team, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. 15 players, five, like 20 coaches. <laughs> some for some reason, there's so yeah. many coaches on NBA teams. Yep. There's a fitness trainer, strength trainer. Then yep. all the players are allowed to bring their families too. Like yes. They're allowed to bring family members. Oh, for so sure. you're talking about maybe 50 people per team. Yep. So what's this? 22 teams. So that's like a thousand people in like a pretty compact area. Like, I don't know if they're all going to be spread apart. Like, especially yep. when they're playing, the players are obviously going to be touching each other. So I would assume so. It could yeah, happen. But also if you think about it, like I think the reason they're putting it into like a resort area is because it's like, it's completely isolated, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're enclosed in a massive park. So yes, it's a group of maybe 500 people, but it's going to be a group of 500 people that have no exposure to the outside world. Right. So it's yeah. going to be like, Hey, it's, it's like a people, a group of people that just have no, um, that have total technical immunity against the, against coronavirus. Right. Yeah. And, and they're yeah. obviously banking on the fact they can keep it contained within that thing because they're going to take extra measures of testing everybody. They're going to take the measures of like, Oh, making sure they spray down any product or anything that comes into the park. You know, like I'm sure they're going to do that stuff, but who knows? You you think, uh, you you think these NBA players are still going to fly in their Insta, Insta groupies? I'm not going to lie. I think they're going to have a group of Corona safe, like in a room. room. Yeah. There's going to be like, Hey, if you want to come party, you got to like test yourself coronavirus and like, have no and sign these waivers and all this shit no for sure they're gonna do that i can i can guarantee that man it's just one of those things where you gotta understand uh maslow's hierarchy of needs yeah (laughs) basketball players have the money to make sure (laughs) make sure their needs are met another idea i had like i would much rather have this is if they just like had like five teams of like all-star players I'll just duke it out. I'd rather watch that <laughs> shit than this, man. Nah, <laughs> Bro, I think you're asking no for too much. representation there. Yes, yeah, no representation. Yeah. You this just want, like, a... like you want some gladiator basketball shit. Yeah, exactly. Man. You just yeah. want some weird <laughs> gladiator cares, basketball man. shit. It's weird, man. I am not I entertained by this bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine the Raptors winning it again? Like, I like hope, back man. to back? Like, you know, kind of like, what kind that'd of like party, like, it'd be like such a sick experience. And then people are going to say, oh, it was because of uh, Corona. Corona, of COVID, yeah. And, uh, and then wait till next year to win First year, it was like Kevin Durant, and then yeah. you know, like, this year it's going to be Corona. We win yeah. next year, too. It's going to be like, yeah. oh, you got Giannis now. It's not fair. I'll be uh, legendary, like, you know? If the if Clippers, Lakers, and Bucks don't win it, everyone's going to, like, discount this championship because they're going to be like, oh, it's because of Corona or some shit. Like, what if, yeah. what if Denver wins it? No one's going to respect right? Denver winning. Yeah, that's the problem. Like the season was so messed up because of Corona that like no one knows yeah. who a true yeah, champion. Do you really think I, I Denver's think gonna win it though? Isn't that? No, really no, no, no. I, I don't know because I I have to but, see because the thing these seasons where there's this weird break or it's a shortened season, uh, like the teams come back in like weird shape. They're not all like uh, connected. Like chemistry's off. Like it yeah. de- really depends on who figures it out first, basically. No, that makes sense. That's Say a good you. point. Yeah, but I mean... That's where I think the Raptors have an advantage because they've played together before. Yeah, that was my point. Uh, like, literally, that my point is all the, see, all the uh, veteran teams have a huge advantage now, right? Because they yeah. just had these two months off to fully regenerate, get over their injuries, get over all these... Like, Utah would be, like, sick. If Mike Conley, like, stays healthy and figures shit out with, like, uh, with Utah, yeah. they're an all-star team. 
They're yeah, legitimate but Mike Conley's team. been dog shit, bro. He's so trash. Of injuries, because he's just he's just so he's injured all the time. Right? Is he? He's, he's I like, thought he was washed. He's literally the equivalent of Marcus All. So uh, look at Marcus All <laughs> yeah, on our true. team to like to like what Mike Conley does. He's a sick point guard, but he's just old, so he yeah. can't keep play. He can't play a full eighty-two game season. Marcus All's yeah. exact same way. He's like Marcus All's fucking dominant, guys. Like he's like a defensively. The, I think he's like he's still he's still an all defense all defensive player. Marcus All is. No, no, no. Marcus All I can understand. He actually got old, but Mike Conley is Lowry's age. How did this guy get old so quick? I think he's and younger Mar- than Lowry. Marcus All Mar- lost Mar- that inner spirit when they got traded. You know, like love birds. They lost the uh, yeah. They're just like man, we were broken inside. We're nothing without each other. <laughs> yeah, that romance, you know. this documentary called when we were kings yeah. dude this is uh you uh have you seen it by the way uh i no, i haven't actually i've seen parts of it like they play some like clips of it on youtube so yeah. as a you know a very i know keen boxing enthusiast i've seen things here and there but i don't think i've watched it as it, its entirety as a yeah movie. dude uh so this is muhammad ali's first fight Yep. First or second fight coming back from uh, not retirement, but he was banned from yeah, he fighting. Was bla- he was blackwalled. Uh, yeah. For the, yeah. Saying outside the, what was it? The Vietnam, Vietnam War. War. Yeah, exactly. So he comes into fighting uh, George Foreman, who was the heavyweight champion of the world at the time. And George Foreman is like the Terminator at this time. It's crazy because you see what George Foreman was. Before, like, what, what, what he became, what he's selling those stupid what is nah, it, flat, yeah. those uh, uh what grills, he sells, the grills, grills, the, the back, yeah. grills, yeah, yeah. So, George Foreman was literally like the Terminator, he 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 destroyed Joe Fraser, and Joe Fraser yeah. and Ali were like contemporaries, right? Yeah. They had like great battles of their own, yeah. But the way they described George Foreman was he was a Terminator, like, yeah. no stood a chance against him. But yeah, he's known so, as one of the best heavyweights. He yeah. has multiple heavyweight titles. Yeah. Uh, you know how we see him now? He's kind of pudgy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Imagine him like, you know, as you saw, like 40 pounds lighter. He won he so was many cut. weight classes. Yeah. yeah, he was cut. That's why it's yeah. interesting to see his change. But he still won when he was bigger. Yeah. He had a lot of power. He fought differently, man. He yeah. Fought like so- a- you had a very interesting part. I'm, I'm sorry. Let me talk about the boxing here. If you got to bring up a boxing guy. I no, no, no. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah for main, sure. Main interesting. Uh, he fought very interesting. Like, I, again, like, some of our listeners are not going to see my hands right now. But he had a very interesting guard. He had, like, one hand, uh, like, his left hand more, ho- like, horizontally ho- held like this. Then he had his right hand horizontally held like this. It's weird. Because in boxing, most people don't hold your hands horizontal. They hold them mm-hmm. vertical. Yeah. So he, had, he has a weird, like, shoulder Stance. roll slash hand forearm defense. And yeah. you see him as when he was a heavyweight, when like when people would say he was out of his prime, but he still won titles. He just like defend a little bit, one punch, knock the guy out, and get a title. Yeah, that's how good he was like at one point, man. Uh, yeah, Crazy. I mean you would you would enjoy this documentary because it's yep. it's basically like uh, you know how uh, Floyd Mayweather would do those twenty four sevens behind the scenes before a fight. It's yep. basically that, but so much more detail. And so what happens is. They don't have this fight in the States. They have it in Zaire. Somehow, Don King convinces the Zaire government to put up $20 million just to set up this fight. So this fight is happening. One of the best promoters, by the way. What an evil guy, but one of the best promoters. Definitely. And then uh, Don King basically creates this whole music festival slash boxing event. So they have planned a three-day music festival with James Brown, some of the biggest musical acts of that time, right? And uh, 
So uh, I believe a couple weeks or a week before the fight, uh, George Foreman cuts himself. And they have to delay the fight by like six weeks or something crazy like that. And they literally, all the reporters, everyone stayed in Zaire for six weeks until the fight was, because this is back in the day. You can't really go back. Yeah, you can't just just email. Yeah, you can't just postpone the fight like that. Yeah. So what ends up happening is uh, they just spent six weeks in uh, in Zaire, and it's a real, it's a for Ali. It's a more so like him coming back to his roots, his motherland, as he calls it. And there's the famous line, the Ali Bomaye. So that yeah. basically means Ali kill him, right? Like that's what it means. So every time he's running outside in Zaire, all the entire country is like people who are surrounding him are yelling Ali Bomaye, Ali yeah. Bomaye. Um, so they, it really paints the picture of Ali as this hero and then um, George Foreman as the villain, right? It sucks. So, like, so George the, Foreman's not like that bad of a guy. Yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. Um, so during the fight, so I've always heard of this fight because it's known as the rope-a-dope fight, right? It's yeah. the one where... Well, is it the rumble in the jungle? I forgot what the other terms for it. I don't know if this one's uh, a rumble in jungle no, or... The, um, I think this is Rumble in the Jungle, but or like Thriller the, the, of the Gorilla. I forgot no, no, no. That, that's Thriller in Manila. Right? Yeah, that's Frazier, I think, right? Yeah, Manila's I'm, in Philippines. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I forgot, think. Yeah. I think I, I'm. I'm. I'm not a boxing historian. Yeah, yeah, but this one was the fight where Ali uses the rope a dope technique, where he like basically takes all the hits, tires the fighter out, and just yeah. knocks him on the. Head. It's like a Homer Simpson style of no, for with, sure. <laughs> With the fight, so they show how he, I guess, kind of uh, developed the strategy. Because uh, so, for some reason, he had the sense that, hey, I'm not going to be able to defeat this guy as I normally would. So yeah. during training, he would let uh, all his sparring partners just beat him up. Hey, just beat yep. me up, just like bruise me, right? I want to see how I want to get used to the abuse, the beats, yeah, uh, exactly. And surprisingly, I believe one of his training partners was uh, Spinks. Is that his name? Leon Spinks, yeah. Yeah, Leon Spinks. Yeah, yeah. Because he, he was the next great heavyweight after yep. Ali or during yep. that same era or whatever. So. It was during that same era, basically, yeah. yeah. And um, so during the actual fight, uh, the first round, like, George Foreman is just, like, beasting, right? And yep. uh, you can see the camera zooms into Ali after the first round ends. Yep. And... Uh, the reporter or the narrator at the time is like, oh, you could see the fear in Ali's eyes. This is the first time I've ever seen Ali scared. <laughs> and they zoom in, the angle, they catch the angle and you can yeah. literally see him, like his eyes, you can see the white in his eyes basically. Yeah, yeah. But then something clicks for him in the fight and he just figures out this elusive technique where he could yeah. take the hits, but not like be damaged enough or he's knocked out. And I think within the fourth or the fifth round or something, he lays like a good punch on George Foreman. George Foreman yep. is just like bruised or like he like staggers a bit. And no one at this point had even touched George Foreman like that. Like he's yep. basically invincible. So it's a really cool documentary. But uh, more than the actual fight itself, the way they tie in the music, because it's a very musical documentary, right? Yep. So James Brown slash like that funk soul jazz jazz yeah yeah okay. playing in That's the nice. background dude it's it's honestly one of the best sports documentaries i've ever seen and i haven't yeah. seen too many so i'm not like a sports documentary expert but it's I, definitely I, worth a watch i think this um that documentary is what inspired uh you know the will smith movie this that documentary is a bit old right i think it inspired the yeah, movie yeah, that, ali yeah, that yeah documentary but, came in the 80s i believe yeah 
Yeah, I think that was the one that inspired the movie Ali, where Will Smith plays uh, Muhammad Ali. Ali, yeah, Um, right, It's good because, yeah, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because, yeah, that fight's famous. And again, um, boxing is not just, you know, you fight head-to-head. There's a lot of strategy involved. Like, you got to know, like, like, what type of fighter you are. The problem with uh, Foreman is like you, like everyone knew what kind of fighter he was. He's a bull, you know. And one and one thing in and co- and common in fighting is because fighting is very direct. It's like you go after that person or you go after them, right? Yeah. So in general, one easy tactic is if your opponent's a bull, you have to be the matador. You know, you gotta be the guy with the red cape, yeah. make him miss, redirect his shots because if you just have power and no direction, you're not gonna win a fight. You know, mm-hmm. and that's basically what he did. He was the matador that night. He made him go one direction, made him go the other direction, made him lose all his energy, right? And that's yeah. just like, you know, playing the game. If you have to, if you know what kind of fighter you are, sometimes you have to be the bull, sometimes you have to be the matador, but that's what makes a great fighter. You choose when to be which one, you know? Yeah, it's funny because uh, after this fight, apparently George Foreman went into severe depression for the next yeah. two years and he never fought for the two years, right? And then when he came back, he came back and he like bounced back. He's like world champion right after that. It's uh, a defeats destroy this guy's psyche, dude. That's yep. insane. And like, it's not like he lost to a punk. He lost to Muhammad yeah. Ali. But the way Muhammad Ali like surgically destroyed him yep. before, like he 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 fought the fight not only in the ring but he fought it outside so every sure. time they'd meet up he'd always like say something snarky yeah. at George Foreman like he's like uh this is I guess maybe 10 or 15 years before Ali started kind of uh losing it not losing it like he was he was his cognitive abilities were declining right so he's still like himself so he's very cocky very eloquent like yeah. oh man I, I Throughout the movie, like he's literally rapping. Like yeah. every time you hear him talk, he's not talking regularly. He's exactly. always talking in he's rhymes making, like, and limericks. In, yeah, he's exactly. Making, like stupid limericks. He's making exactly. puns. He's just like you know, yeah. uh, you can't you can't hit what you can't see. I'll yeah. float like a butterfly and sing like a bee. He's saying yeah. stupid things like that. So this is one but, part where he's yeah. running on the beach side on the road. Yep. And then he's just shadow boxing like you do, you know, the shadow boxing. <laughs> he's like, oh, this guy can't touch me. I'm going to destroy him. I'm going to eat his soul. Like, yeah. <laughs> and like the camera shot angle is just so perfect. Like it's yep. the cam- I really got to applaud like the cameraman. Yep. Like, they capture the essence of that moment. And then yep. all the, Z- uh, the Zaireans, I guess, I don't know how you call it, Zaire people yep. are like around him just like, just like cheering him on, you know, just yep. amping up the ego. Like just imagine you had like your own personal entourage. Yeah, it's good sometimes, <laughs> but you I, up, you know? that sometimes gets you very distracted. You know, some mm-hmm. um, a lot of fighters like sometimes they lose their edge once yeah. they win a title, right? So sometimes you got to know how to balance it. Like sometimes you got to know how to be like very like down to earth because some people who become too big too fast lose it too quickly. Ali. Ali, one of the reasons he's very praised is because this guy took a stand, right? Like, yep. even though he was an athlete making millions of dollars at the time, you know, millions of dollars at that time is even, like, you can convert it to what the currency is today. He's making insane amounts of money for for an athlete. Yep. And he took a stand, you know. He said, hey, I will not participate in this is a war that the government's waging. Government doesn't even support, like, the his people his, the black yes. people in the u.s like why why should i fight your war against the person who uh, hasn't hurt me in any way you know he took exactly. that moral stand and he was cut 
that's the part that uh, I find amazing. Like yeah. basically the prime of his career. He never yeah. fought. He didn't fight for four years. Exactly. Like, yeah. It's sad, man. He's four lost years. four years of his life. Yeah. Yo. Yeah. So bring, taking that, I guess, perspective and then looking at uh, Drew Brees, who's the quarterback of the New yep. Orleans Saints. He's a former MVP. He's, he's one of the best quarterbacks of all time. And he has the tone deafness to come out in an interview when he's asked, hey, would you ever uh, consider kneeling during the national anthem? Because that was something Colin Kaepernick started yeah, yeah. to protest the social injustices for that Black people are experiencing. Yeah. Uh, more specifically, police brutality uh, incidents, yeah. right? And then Drew Brees responds with, hey, I will never accept anyone uh, kneeling for the national anthem. Because when I look at a flag, it, it reminds me of my grandparents and my great grandparents who found it in World War. So when I when I hear the national anthem, I actually like tear up, and it's a sign of uh, it's important for me to stand yeah. up and respect the anthem. Like his answer was legitimately like it's a fair answer, I, man. It's a fair answer. It's a fair answer. But it's just the scenario. Yeah, it's tone which, deafness for sure. The yeah, tact of it. Like yeah. he could have said it next year. You know, like yeah. he could have waited. Could have waited a month or something. You know, and like, also the reporter has. Uh, apparently, uh, I feel like the reporter probably set him up with this question. Cause no, they, for sure. Cause he, the reporter set it up. Yeah, because he already said this before when Colin Kaepernick did it uh, years ago, right? Yep. Like prior to all the incidents happening right now. Yep. So that that's why I feel like the reporter probably kind of uh, led him on to that answer too. Like he knows his opinion and he knows uh, him asking this question is going to incite that response. And then that's going to get a lot of clicks. Do you get what I mean? Oh, for sure. That, you got tricked into it. Yeah, because uh, I was looking into it, and Drew Brees apparently like blacked out his Instagram account or whatever. And all this, Damn. yeah, that's no, nice. no, 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 no. Like on Instagram, they're black. I guess they're all oh, the Blackout Tuesday. Yeah, Blackout Tuesday. So yeah, he okay, he yeah. also did it. So yeah, good. he he showed no, he did it. He did that prior to the interview. So okay, after good. the interview came out, everyone, every athlete, LeBron James, all his teammates, like all his black teammates, are like, dude, what are you saying? Like this. This flag doesn't represent. Uh, we're not trying to disrespect the army by kneeling, right? Yep. During the national anthem, yep. this has nothing to do with the army at all. It has something to do with like systemic oppression, and no, for sure. Yeah. But let, let me let me talk just to again. Yeah. Um, just I, I can understand that was his opinion. Sometimes, if we can't accept one opinion and put one opinion over the others, it's hard. You know that part I don't like. I feel kind of bad in that sense because he kind of got tricked in saying his opinion. If that's his opinion and and like it, it, like he views it that moment of playing the national anthem as that national and that patriotic, I, he shouldn't understand that he can stand, but he should also understand that people are allowed to kneel as well. That's generally how he should have said his answer, you know? But again, he said it from his personal beliefs. I can respect that, man. Sometimes that's what I respect about people. people like, that's what basically what we're saying from Muhammad Ali. Him stating his opinion, even when it wasn't basically accepted. Popular, yeah. Think, think no, about it like this weird. way. He said his it's opinion weird. when it yeah. wasn't popular. Like, I can respect that, man. It's not the best one, but like, yo, it's an opinion. It's not like he's in charge of, he's not a politician. He's not in charge of like specifically telling people to stand up. He's just saying that in his opinion, um, for when the, again, from what I've heard from how you paraphrased it, if the national anthem was playing, he believes you should stand up. But again, he should have said it with a bit more tact. He should have said, yes, I yes, can understand. Yes, exactly. Why they did tact. It. That's it. 
Like, yeah, it's he shouldn't stupid. have. He shouldn't have said, "I would never do this." Like he was being uh, above them by standing up. Do you know what I mean? He should have no, phrased no, I it yeah, like, yeah, yeah, sure. "I understand why my teammates and yep. Colin Kaepernick does this," and then just left it at that. That don't even that's bring it. up why you would have done it. Like that's not necessary at this moment. Do you get what I'm saying? He wanted the spotlight, bro. Yeah, <laughs> he wanted the spotlight. And it's also like as a white. We were discussing this before. As a white person, now is your time to like kind of. Fall back, fall back for a minute. Like you yeah, had, yeah, yeah. you ha- you have the century. You know, you got the century. Yep. Just fall back for a minute because this is not the time. No one wants to hear you talk. Let's have to let's talk about that. Actually, the Jordan talk. So, what do you think about that? Uh, I thought it was nice. I think it helped me understand what Michael Jordan was. But you kind of see, Jordan is a success of basically a LeBron in a good team and organization. You know, like I feel like if LeBron had the same organization that uh, that uh, LeBron that Jordan did, LeBron would have won eight, nine, ten championships. Like they just were not able to put a super team. Like like Chicago got really lucky with uh, with uh, Dennis Rodman and Scottie Pippen, right? Yeah. They they had one of yep. they had one of the Golden State flukes. They had this really big fluky thing where Golden State as well had this perfect storm of situations happen undervalued players yeah undervalued superstar and uh questionable uh talent right questionable uh thing so like dennis rodman they basically got for free because nobody wanted to take a gamble on him um and then scotty pippen they were like stealing money from this guy basically at this (laughs) point at that point right like like how often do you get that well golden state you know you get like somebody like steph curry for eight million ten million ten million dollars i think it was yeah, $10 million for Stephen Curry. Like you can yeah. build whatever the hell kind of team you want around it. No, it's that, I... literally that two year window where you have this opportunity to build a team and both Chicago and Golden State managed to take advantage of it. And that's why they became super teams. Yeah. For me, so. like Michael Jordan has always been like this mythical figure. Cause I didn't really start watching basketball until 98, 99 and Michael Jordan had retired by then. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Michael Jordan's like this mythical figure, you know, he's like Jesus, bro. Much <laughs> like he's like you hear these stories about him and then you watch the documentary and literally yeah. all the players bow down to him. They're like, yeah. yeah, Michael Jordan was this, Michael Jordan was that, Michael like that's what impressed me. I'm like, yeah. cuz if you look at They the, respected his skill. Yeah, but if you look yeah. at LeBron's contemporaries, they yeah. don't really give it up to him like these guys did to Jordan, which No, but it might a be way, a culture it, thing, man. And think about this way, uh, yeah. the one thing, the way I look at the difference between LeBron and uh, MJ is that LeBron is a bit more socially conscious. So he might be better at, in a sense, like passing or helping his other teammates do better. Yeah, that's uh, think, good. And so in a sense, his stats might not be as padded as MJ. But I think uh, LeBron's a better team player. And in, 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 in general, I think in terms of longevity, uh, I think that's better for LeBron. I think LeBron's going to be a better celebrity than MJ ever will. Yeah, but MJ will always be the better basketball player. That's how I always look at LeBron's like legacy. It's funny because LeBron's personality and who he is as a person is reflected in the way he plays basketball. Yeah. Like he's very uh, team friendly. Like he he wants to encourage and empower his teammates. That's why he's one of the best like playmakers ever. Like his yeah. passing is zero to none. Like no one's close to LeBron's passing ability. You know. Yep. Uh, but Jordan is the killer. Like he only passes if he's like triple teamed. I need that. Like, <laughs> no other way. You know, it's just like so there's a, there's oh, a, I can't do it. No, I'll let no, someone else handle it. So there's a scene in the Jordan doc. Say, I don't even know if you remember this when they play the Lakers yeah. and Phil Jackson's like, "Hey, 
Michael, who's open? And he's like, John Paxson. I'm like, I'm like, does this guy not know this already? Why does Phil yeah. Jackson have to tell him? Like, he, he's, he's a savant. He would know he's this. He's just reminding him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, he would only pass you the ball if he had ultimate faith in you. And yep. he had yep. to pass you the ball. Otherwise. Exactly. But LeBron yeah. would always make that pass. You don't have to tell yep. him. Yep. That's the people faulted LeBron for it too, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, in the playoffs all the time, they'd be like, hey, he shouldn't have passed that. He should have taken yeah. that shot. Yeah. Like, that's a shot LeBron should have taken to be like carry the team on your back. And I think that's the difference, yeah. right? Jordan yeah. would always be, he, Jordan was a superstar because he was such a great scorer yeah. that mm-hmm. people, the team defense automatically just gravitates towards him and then he passes. He always yeah. score first and then pass if he has to, like you said. Yeah. But, but you know, LeBron is making a play to create a pass. Yep. which is very different from what Jordan does. And that's where I think Jordan and LeBron are just very different people. That's like yeah, it's just um, two different styles to lead. Like LeBron prefers yeah. to empower, but Jordan prefers to like break you down dominate. and then build yeah. <laughs> you. Yeah, dominate. Yeah, he just you. dominates he the you. defense completely. Yeah. Like, dominates just, just... the opponent, his yeah. teammates, everyone. Yeah. Like that's the thing. You know, like, they... It's, it's crazy. Like watching, watching Jordan the documentary, the best thing. And you're right. I was actually in the same boat as you. I, mm-hmm. I knew a lot more about the stats and stuff. I was like, I know, okay, I see why people would think this guy was ridiculously good. Uh, yeah. But the thing with Jordan is that I never knew how quick he was and I never saw him play live. You know, I only yeah. saw highlights. Yeah. I never saw his like his actual movements and stuff. And when you see this guy's movements, you realize his athleticism was way, be- he was like Russell Westbrook in like this era when everybody's like fucking slower, slow, yeah. slobby, yeah. like stone faced, you know, people, right. Like, or like, you know, just slow as hell. Right. And, he was like Russell Westbrook. He had freak athleticism. Like, yeah. uh, but nowadays you just have a lot more athletic people. But he was just—he was just one of those game changers, like Stephen Curry. Yeah. Why is he so special? He literally yeah. changed the game. He changed yeah. the entire game, and Jordan did that too. Jordan changed the entire game from this slow, tall thing to a guards league of like, mm-hmm. hey, these super, this shooting guards mm-hmm. is going to dominate the game right now. Yeah. So Kabil, like, it, yep. like neither me or Saeed watch LeBron in his prime. Yep. It's primarily because we're both immigrants and we came to the country <laughs> after his glory. It's all good, man. It's all good. So Jordan is basically the, okay, to be a great in any sport, you need yep. to have the stats and the legend, right? Yep. Uh, sometimes a player will have the legend, but his stats are like debatable. Like, oh, yep. he's not quite up there yet. Exactly. Jordan yep. is the one basketball player where you can't question his stats he has the legend and he has yep. this mythical story around it too no, like he's sure. virtually untouchable and then this documentary just like kind of reinforces all three things like yeah his career average for scoring is 30 a game say he literally averaged 30 yeah. a game for his entire career because yeah. you're consistent because you, no, you drop off at the end right because at yeah. the end you score like 20 22 and it kills your average but he averaged 30 for the entire career. It's insane, man. Like, Michael Jordan yeah, is just a, dominant. a beast. Uh, so there's the ending of this yep. doc where he's uh, it's wrapping up the entire documentary. And he's sitting on a bench uh, smoking a cigar, looking yep. out of his mansion into the ocean. Into right? the sunset or whatever, yeah. yeah. You know what it reminds me of? It's what? Like that scene at the end of uh, the first end game where uh <laughs> where uh, Thanos is it Thanos yeah 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 Thanos sits oh, on it looks the, over his farm yeah it looks over yeah, his farm, over farm. After yeah, he yeah. Destroyed the for farm. sure yeah he took over man Look he, he got sunset, all the five you know? rings <laughs> <laughs> he got the five rings or whatever five gems yeah. and then he yeah. got a he got his own type of I guess destiny man all right man let's wrap this up Kabil yep. thanks Saeed man 
the NBA is back, baby. You don't have to mm-hmm. do any, you don't have to build puzzles anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no reruns. Experience. No reruns. It was an amazing experience. That's good. Uh, man. I'm glad you said that. Say, uh, so until next time, Kabila, take us home. All right. First, I just want to say, uh, stay safe, Diaz. I hope everything's good. You know, our good international friend you- over there. That being said, let's uh, say our outros. This is K-Bills. Lil' Lavin. Lavin, and we're out.